Yeah, so Matt, uh, a little tired, sir. Four days straight, all day, every day, all night. And some of these ran. There were times, man, I was trying to fight the good fight. I had to work the next day, and I passed out on the couch. There's, there's the live many stream. times that I passed out on the couch during the live stream for prime time. So it's yeah. You must. How many athletes did you have? I had uh, about 17 lifters myself. And then, um, so these days, like, how early and then how late with this run? So uh, lifting, the earliest that it started was 8 a.m. And then there were a couple nights where it went to, uh, I want to say the last night was maybe 9.30 or 10. So the first, the first and fourth days were the heaviest days in terms of the amount of lifters. So originally there was uh, 1,204 on the official roster. Yikes. But the official count, um, I spoke to the meet director, was 1066. So you still get, you know, about 10 or 11% attrition rate of people who don't show or drop out due to injury, et cetera. So yeah. 10, 1066 spread across four days, but the first and fourth days were still the heaviest. Um, and the middle two days were a little bit lighter. So those days finished a little bit earlier. But it was, it was long and labor intensive, and the warm-up room was downstairs. So um, we were running up and down the stairs, you know, to get uh, from the warm-up area to the, to the main venue. So that, that added a little bit of component um, in terms of kind of hustling if you had lifters on multiple platforms yeah. uh, kind of run, run back and forth. Yeah, and it's, it's high emotion too. Like when you have people yeah. neck and neck battles, it's not like a day job when you're at your yeah. desk just plunking away. This thing, you're emotionally invested and you're making yeah. decisions with the world watching. You're making decisions that people are like, oh, should they have gone that high? Oh, I think they have more in the tank. And you got, you know, it's high pressure out there for everybody to judge. You know, yep. you're trying to do your best. And so. you know everybody watching the live stream of is course. judging. Like Everybody does that. <laughs> just, you know, just dissecting every decision, especially for the prime times. Everybody's guilty to an extent of watching. Yep. If you've ever seen a lifter like I remember, um, yeah, I don't want to drop names, but watching like the, the Canadian national team, there are times where I'm watching like, oh, I don't know if that was a good call. If that lifter bombs out and dead, you're like, what were they thinking? <laughs> and that's the shit. That's the armchair quarterback things. Everyone yeah. does it. To an extent, yeah. um, so it's stress. Anyone who who's thinking, well, twelve hours, fourteen hours, I've pulled that kind of duty. Yeah, but it's not just labor intensive. No, it's mentally stressful. It, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's mentally exhausting. stressful, and you're emotionally invested because you want the lifter to do well. I find I'm yep. actually almost more emotionally invested when I'm doing handling than when I'm actually lifting. Lifting, you just have one thing to focus on. If yeah. you're handling, you've you have so much that you have to take in. It's like being in a car and being like, here, you drive. Yeah, right. If it's done yeah. well. Coaching is way harder, especially if you do a good job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if you if you want to be the guy who just sits back and whatever, and, for, and forget if you're doing, you know, you're trying to go for a podium or something like that, and you're gonna to to do all the different mental math, and you're running Wilkes in your head, the night before, body, you're running body Damn. weight, you're running yeah. all your different attempts. Oh, it, it, it's it's stressful because I think it's because you don't have control. You you like when you're competing yourself, the bar is loaded. You go out there, you fight your fight. But when you're like, yeah. when you're handling and you, you don't have control, you're like, oh, please. Oh, you're watching. You're like, ah, let's go. Like, you know, it's, it's tough. Yeah. At best, you can just yell, you know. Up. Uh, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> any cues you're giving yeah. are not really no, getting no, in no, there. No, no, no. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, it was a good meet. Uh, we had, uh, I'm just looking at some of these results right now. Um, yep. I mean, 40, 47 kilo, no surprises. The return of Heather Connor. Yep. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, Heather. Um, yeah, there was no surprises there. She was a little bit. Um, she was probably about twenty-two and a half kilos uh, off of top form. But that's also, to, to be fair, Heather coming back from a diagnosis of Crohn's disease and so forth and having taken some time off. But she easily cruised um, and, and, yeah, wrapped it up with a 375-kilo total. So no problems there. Yeah, she did well. 52-kilo um, <clears throat> women. You know, nothing. I think Marissa and uh, we at all, I think everybody I think picked her. Yeah, sure picked her yeah. uh, we'll pull up the picks in a sec. But except jo except Joseph, of course. He did well. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't think he did not pick her. He just chose not to pick. No, yeah, yeah, if I remember. But I let's was, just yeah. say, Paul, because you're kind of dipping him in some hot water. Let's just say he picked <laughs> Tina. Let's not point out I, that he's a, I, he I, couldn't I, back I, his I, woman. I'm kind of like just <laughs> exactly. man out to dry. Joe's lifting. Oh, thanks, bro. I am. The but, worst, I am the worst wingman possibly available now. But it should be said, <laughs> Tina Tornado, um, seven and a half kilo off yeah. defending uh, Marisa Inda. I mean, that's, yep. that's, that's, it's fairly snug, you know? And she, yeah, yeah Tina put together a good meet. Um, she passed on her third squat because um, I think she felt something going on in her quad. So she just was smart and chose to shut it down after the after the second squat, and then um, at the but uh, Marisa went on to bench an American record, which was good, you know, kind of chip her PR total there or PR American record in the bench, and I think after the opening deadlift, Marisa pretty much had it wrapped up, and Tina just decided there to take a shot at that 402 deadlift, kind of the milestone, rather than to chase her on her final attempt, um, and it wasn't to be, but nevertheless. Tina still was able to tie a squat PR and tie a total PR as well. So Tina did have a good day. Um, Marisa was just a little bit better. And, you know, uh, as we discussed in the, in the preview, Tina's, you know, starting to close the gap a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's always comes that question because India has been on top for a while now. Uh, yep. Made it all the way to an IPF world championship in her early 40s. And Tina's closing that gap. I think Tina's still in her 20s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. so, I mean, seven and a half kilo by no means is insurmountable. As a matter of fact, that could be closed within a year by next nationals. Yep. Oh, That's yeah. not to say India can't also improve, but certainly sure. you, you would expect the progress rate to slow considerably compared to someone in their twenties. Yeah. You would think. Well, and you gotta think Marissa did have some more kilos left. Like she waved her last two deads, but. Yep. Yeah. Oh, did she wave? Yeah. She waved the last two. Um, yeah, she only took her opening attempt, as far as I know. So, um, looking at the fifty-seven kilo women, uh, we and, and and by the way, we'll, we'll take a look at what the U.S. team might look like and some who we think is going to be a uh, the stronger contenders nationwide afterwards. Yeah. Let's kind of do a quick recap, though. We'll do that sure. with the standouts. But um, fifty-seven kilo women, I think we're all pointing towards uh, Megan Scanlon, who for a little while there had the the tough ordeal of dealing with uh, Jen Milliken, who not only was 57 kilo US national champion, 57 kilo world champion, and best lifter at the world championships. Um, literally the best female lifter in the world uh, in 2017. So um, Megan, breathing a little bit of sigh of fresh air, oh, don't have to deal with Jen. Made hay while the sun shines and took the title pretty comfortably. I mean, she did. Yeah, she did. She she broke Jen Milliken's uh, American record squat on her second uh, attempt, and then went a little bit bigger on the third and missed it. But that was her her single miss of the day. She opened up with an American record in the bench, 
and then added two more on top of that, finishing with 107.5. And her total was only 5.5 kilos under um, Jen's world record total. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so, I mean, I think, you know, as as you said, things held true to form. I mean, that's what we thought was going to happen. But uh, uh, Megan is right there knocking on the door of possibly taking down, you know, Jennifer's PBs at, uh, at 57. So it's pretty exciting. You know, and this is a perfect segue uh, for the 63-kilo women. Um, mm-hmm. So Jen Milliken moved up. And um, let me just switch my days here on their results, yep. but so Jen Mickle moved up and some people were asking and possibly suggesting, hey, look it, she moved up to 63 and ended up facing a lioness in Sam Calhoun. And yeah. um, I mean, even the great Jen uh, Jennifer Thompson, who hasn't lost at a national level event since 2008, could not beat Sam Calhoun right now. And I'll tell you what, Sam Calhoun, did what she had to to win, but if she's got to put the foot to the gas, she might even have more in her. Um, gets better and better every time out. So it's kind of looking like, okay, if you're Jen Milliken, and we'll talk about Sam in a second, but if you're Jen Milliken, you know, you might say, well, she could always cut back down to 57. Well, looking how close Megan has moved up, within five kilo of her best ever 57 kilo, that's not even a for sure thing anymore. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's yeah. If she were to go down, and I have uh, on pretty good authority that Milliken has no intentions of going back down. Is that this right? Is very com- yeah, this is a very comfortable body weight for her. Uh, it's more natural of a walking weight round for her. And I think um, you know sometimes we talked about on the preview that it takes a year or so to kind of mature into the class. And that being said, I mean she's right there. I mean you know ten kilo. Yeah, ten kilo. Yeah, if she'd, made, yeah if she'd have made the last deadlift, we'd have had a three-way tie at 500.5 kilos. And so how much is that last deadlift? My God, Jenna's got heart. Oh, yeah. like, man, if ever the bar is loaded for the last ball, pull, and I think you guys have mentioned this as well, and I mentioned at the IPF World Championships, she pulled for the World Championship win, and it was yep. a dramatic pull. Loaded it up here, and I thought she had it. Like, I was like, yeah. oh, she did it again. Um, yeah, we would have three-way tie with, a, I think, unofficial world record total, if I'm not mistaken, 500.5 kilo. We're into the 500s. We could have had a podium of women into the 500 kilo range, and we've never seen that before in the world. Almost had three women on the podium for U.S. Nationals. That's how crazy, how thick. When we were hyping up the 63 kilo battle, we were not hyperbole. Maybe not hyperbole yeah. enough. Yeah, that's crazy. I think we could have hyped it up even more based on the results. Jen was right there. I mean, she doesn't even need to make a whole lot of adjustments, and bam, she's on the podium. And I think, like you said, um, it's all or nothing in terms of it could take a couple years to fill it out mature muscle-wise. But, um, yeah, you got to be all in. You know, you can't be, ah, should I go back? Should I stay 63? You'll never mature as a 63 and fully commit yep. if you don't. Yeah, you're never going to make improvements uh, in either weight class if you do that, if you keep yeah. cutting back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's there to stay. Um, she definitely had her foot on the gas the entire time. They were aggressive with their attempt selection. She uh, so Megan Scanlon broke Jennifer Milliken's squat record at fifty seven, and then Jen Milliken went up to sixty three and took Megan Scanlon's sixty three American record, which was kind of fun. So, and I believe the one eighty five point five was also an official unofficial world record, which is a little bit more than Maria T did in Calgary, I believe. Um, ah. So. Yeah, so that was kind of neat. Um, 
you know, and then she benched really well. And like I said, she, you know, had she not missed the last pull, she'd have been right there. So you know what? That, that it, class was amazing. Yeah, you know what? She um, that's the only uh, lift she missed. Yeah, yeah, that was she, it. Damn near. That would have been picture. Per, had not missed a single lift and almost nailed that last deck. I mean, that went up, and she started, like, her knees started moving. She started that plane experiencing turbulence type of look to her, you know, bouncing yeah. around the whole night. But she's, I've seen her pull it out, pun intended, and she was right there. If she had got it, it would have been the beautiful nine-for-nine nine package, and there you, like, she would have defeated a reigning world champion, et cetera. It was close. Would she have won, though? Because uh, on, on body weight, it, or it, no? looked, it looked like she was that, the heaviest on yeah, body she, weight. Oh yeah, no, she, she would have lost the same. Still, still, she still would have. Yeah, she, she would have still would have taken bronze, but ah, still. Yep. You know that's interesting. Then uh, I guess she she would. It would be too much to try to do two and a half. She didn't even have that. Yeah. But she was yeah. thinking. She was probably thinking Wilkes wise and whatever, just trying to get as high as possible, get the medal up the total, and hope for the best. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And if I, so if I recall correctly, I think she may have had a lot number advantage over Jennifer Thompson. However, Jen was pulling at, or Thompson was pulling after her. So, you know, she was just trying to set the bar there at 500.5. And then, you know, Thompson and Calhoun were going to have to tie, but Jen missed it. So then, yeah, that, you know, that Thompson, makes sense. Yeah, Thompson originally had 210 put in for her deadlift. So I had, I had, I was coaching Calhoun along with my wife, Susie. We had an attempt change ready for 228 kilos uh, if Jennifer Thompson would have stuck at 210 and had she made it. But, of course, she dropped to 207.5 and, and made it. So I immediately submitted the change for 225.5, and, uh, and Calhoun went out and nailed it. And, and uh, Sam was just, you know, in typical Sam Calhoun fashion, just an absolute executioner. Uh, flawless execution across the board and we were prepared if need be to pull 230 you know possibly even a kilo or two more if we needed it so um, she, she definitely was ready for that pull and, and I think the stars aligned and I couldn't be any happier for her yeah looking at this that was it was a nine for nine day you know you Perfect. guys really you guys really get the most out of Sam like when you guys I mean last nationals you did the exact same thing every yep. last ounce and this time around um, you didn't need to squeeze as much water out of that rock, so to speak, because you had a few kilos left. And obviously, like you said, you, you wanted some if pressed. And um, yep. I mean, you guys have been in this situation before and you knew, hey, look, it, it could be like the world's all over again. Um, did you have that talk? And did she say, if it comes to it, we're pulling for the win no matter what? 100%. That was the plan all along. Uh, we just knew that we had to build the best total that we could and be eight for eight and put it on the bar at the end. I mean, that was that was never a question. We were 100% the entire time going to put it on the bar, unless, of course, it was something just absolutely un unreachable. And then we were going to, you know, build a total so that we could have a higher Carpino score. But, you know, even all three of these girls, these totals, are basically would have a Carpino score of one. Yeah. That was the craziest podium, same thing as last year's 63s, but the 63 yeah. podium is ridiculous. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, it's, that, that, was, that was a world uh, championship. Unofficial world record there. total, the podium. That's Yeah, yeah. When you've got that's unofficial kind of, world record. That's kind and then of like, like, like imagine Jennifer Milliken also get uh, 500.5, which she was just like yeah, so close to doing. And it was, oh, really? Unofficial world record total everything. How'd you score? Yeah, I came in third. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just can't keep it through. Like that's, you know what I mean? That's, it's crazy, man. And you had said in some weight classes, it'll be tougher here than it will be at the IPF Worlds. And uh, oh, I think sure. 63s is a, is a good indication of that. Yeah, so it just, that was, that was a, a blast. Absolutely just blessed to be a part of it. Ken, are we seeing, and I, I mean, we won't spend as much time on every single weight class. I know we're a little pressed for time here, gentlemen. I just want a little bit more attention on 63s. Are we sure. seeing, because I said in the lead up, and I think a lot of us had agreed, are we entering the Sam Calhoun era? Uh, the Jen Thompson era was a beautiful era. She had lost, let, let's pay a little homage to Jen, if the passing of the torch has just happened, she's still the reigning IPF world champion in the best 63 kilo clash I'd ever seen and had the pleasure of calling. She was, had never lost at the Nationals in 10 years. It's not to take right. anything away from Sam Calhoun, it's almost tough to say that she lost as well, because she lost on body weight. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. Yeah, no, it's, and, it's true. End of, end of the day, she still hit the exact same total. It's still... Yeah, well, I think, though, she I mean, lost on body weight because that's all Sam had to yeah. play. So, uh, right. win's a win, but, but that's exactly I know what you mean. Like it's, it's that close. She's there. In terms of, yeah, like the best possible way to ever go out. Yeah, it would be like... Title, it's, it, it, but are we seeing... Do you gentlemen think... Are we entering the Sam Calhoun era? Or is it still too tight and Jen Milliken's right there and it's still too close to call? I... I can guarantee you if these three women are healthy next year you're gonna have an even better battle royal next year oh guaranteed yeah because all, all three of these women uh jen thompson included to be fair even though she lost on body weight she's you know gonna continue to come back swinging and so uh yeah uh, we're gonna have this next year and as you always say uh who knows who else might show up so you know, if ever we, that was true, look, a few years ago, I didn't know who Jen, Jennifer Milliken was. Yeah. Yep. And I know now. <laughs> right? So, and I know this is going to be a running joke, but I'm with Matt on this one. I don't think you can say it's Sam Calhoun's era yet. Yeah. Right. One title doesn't make an era. No, but I'm saying but we, I'm seeing the beginning of. Uh, we maybe. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I just say it only but, because 63 kilo, because we're, we might be seeing the closing of a dynasty. Uh, certainly, like, there's no questioning Jen had a dynasty at 63 kilo. Um, so, sure. so when you look at Sam, because she, uh, there's just a feeling around Sam about, like, not only, you know, there's something about certain athletes, and you just, even leading into the world, there's, there's a weird feeling around Sam. She wants it. She's such a tiger. Yeah. And the ability to pull out wins, when it's close, when you're dead is, I mean, historically the biggest dead we've ever seen in 63 kilo class. And still growing. And still growing. When it's like that, it's almost like yeah, you have the deck stacked where it's like, hey, look, it, um, it'll always be close. I realize that. I go last. So whatever you do, I'll chip it. I mean, that's a, that is a massive help as opposed to being a subtotal person. If it's going to be this close every year and you have to bank on your subtotal, that's tougher. You, yeah. you, don't, you don't get to have the last say. But still. Yeah, like, like, we, like we talked about, uh, there were American records went down in all three disciplines, as, yeah. as, as we predicted, which was also fun to watch just if you're a fan of the sport, even if you didn't have a horse in the race. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and also should be mentioned that, as you said as well, it's not just American records that went down, it's unofficial world records went down in every single... Yeah, world right. records. Yeah. Like in, in the in, world, in, in history. Every single discipline. It, it's important to know, in history, yeah. we hadn't seen that happen. Yeah. And, and, and when I say this, when I ask this question about Sam, that's no disrespect to either Jen Thompson, whom no, I'm obviously tuning her horn like crazy already anyways. 
Uh, she need not lift another day in her life, and she's already on the Mount Rushmore in terms of greatest lifters who ever lived. But Jennifer Milliken, um, even if Sam was that win, God knows how many titles to come, she won't win them all. In, in sports, and you have an off day. Look, at, we're talking off day. She is right there. Even if you're the Bulls in the 90s, you didn't win them all throughout the whole 90s, and they have a <laughs> dynasty. You're going to drop a couple games, and guess what? If Sam misses, Sam went 9 for 9. If she misses one of those lifts, Jen was Jen Milliken was and, great, and that's yeah. why I have so hard a time calling a dynasty. Because yeah, any of these girls will take it if they go nine for nine. They yeah, all have that it, chance right now. It's it's and it's not the market getting weaker. It seems like it is my favorite weight class for women, and um, it has been the last few years, and it's going to probably continue oh, yeah. to be I, looking at what I see. And now. especially when you look at the world stage, like yeah, theoretically you could have all. Of I think we just did, sir. I was going to say theoretically you could have all three <laughs> no. of them competing at the worlds. But uh, our girl Maria T. and plus Maria. Yeah. Yeah, and Isabel, like or no, Isabel will be there, but what? Well, she still decides she wants to be. 63. I don't think so. But you know what? So let's talk. Here's a good segue, gentlemen. Somebody who who was a rival of Sam's, neck and neck, as close a rival as you get. And Kristen Dunsmore moves up to 72, and boom goes to dynamite. Walks away with her first national record. Um, and and what do we think about that? I'm going to switch over. I mean, I think it was great because I called her to win. Say. That's, that's right. Yeah, Paul did call that. Um, yeah, this was fantastic. It, it just couldn't be happier for Kristen. She was hurt her back in 2014, shortly after Raw Nationals in Denver. And um, she's just a sweetheart and a fiery competitor. And she came back, took her time coming back, took her a couple of years to come back from that injury. And as you said, locked horns with, with Sam Calhoun and occasionally, you know, was coming out on the short end of the stick on that just because of body weight and kept finding it harder and harder to cut. And as you can see from her body weight, it means she was still under 70 kilos. So she's not a full 72 yet. No. So I think clearly her yet her best is yet to come. Uh, she had a great day, eight for nine. And in the end, uh, she did what she needed, and she tied um, Chloe Dublin and beat her on body weight with the last pull, and she had plenty left in that deadlift. And that was what I was going to say. She had a lot yeah. left on the dead. I yeah, yeah that, was, that was a very pedestrian 210 kilos. I still, so. remember, I still remember watching her open her, and she looked shocked about how fast it moved compared to a mature yes. A mature call, as you would expect. Yeah. You're just going in there, win. You're not gambling for no PRs. Take W. Keep it moving. Winning at the national level, they get no higher. Um, yeah. And uh, in the 72 kilo class, not just at the nationals, but at the worlds, somewhat up for grabs. I mean, somewhat. we're talking about. There's a bit of a. We had a bit of a shakeup. Kimberly Walford's gone. Um, yeah, but you're gonna have Isabella going back. Isabella's up. back. Uh, you know, we there's a bit some shaking around. It's gonna be in the worlds. Actually, it's gonna be an interesting class to watch. Now it's gonna be fun. It's it's well, kind of up there. What do you think? And I, I, well, and I hope your girl Jessica Bittner, if she comes into the also, open, she total. She totaled what five hundred kilos, I think, in Calgary. She did. You and I, yeah. you and I did the live stream for that session. Yeah, so. and she's already beat that at the uh, recently at the provincials out there as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. And she, she could have her and Anna Rosa Castellane, and like you said, Isabella, Kristen. I mean, that's a that could be a really stacked, uh, star-studded yeah. class at Worlds as well. Yeah, and and, and Jessica Bittner, uh, Candace Jessica Bittner, first year is good, now is going to be in the open. I mean, she's yep. she's young and she's improving she's, like crazy. And, She's a freak. And talking about that, um, the advantage of that deadlift, 
Uh, she she yeah. more than likely will pull last by the time she gets there. We'll see. I'm th trying oh, to think in my head. She's pulling into the fives now. So I she's pulling into the fives. Yeah, there's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. outside of Kimberly Walford pulling in the fives. Um, and so let's let's talk about because uh, we'll, we'll look at it at the world scene what this looks like. But I just want to try to give every division at least a skimming over before we talk about potential um, national team and how they stack up with the rest of the world. But yep. Daniela Mello. Um, you know, one, one, the 84 kilo, 601.5 kilo total. She's into the 600s. This is insane. That's insane. She's into the 600s, fellas. Um, and as expected, Amanda Lawrence still gave a, a beautiful performance herself. 591 kilo total, um, just shy of the 600 kilo mark. And it would be no small, like it's almost assured she's going to also enter into the 600 kilo total range as well. Oh yeah, probably by her next meet. Are we thinking, now we had said um, for her to win this, to pull this out, we thought she probably had to make her base in, in squats and, um, and we, we needed her to go three for three and, um, and, I, and she missed her third. Now looking at that 246, People might think, wow, that's a big ask, but she just posted a 250, 550 pound squat she actually hit in training. We didn't know about that. She kept that those cards close yeah. so that nobody knew. You probably did know, Matt. Uh, I did. Sure. Yep. So obviously 246 kilo, it would have, yeah, it would absolutely be, and it has a chip on there. So strategically speaking, it uh, looked, looked like the right call, but uh, just not to yeah. in that day or... Yeah, so Susie and I um, actually teamed up with Amanda and her coach, Cole Warren, and, and so we were in the back there helping them out, and that was a lot of fun. And um, so if you notice the kilos, there was a, a bit of strategy here and the attempts that we called. We knew that Daniela was going to go ahead and use the American record chip in the bench, and I had predicted that she would only go up by 0.5 kilos because it's a bench press. And so, you know, sometimes you're going to go up 0.5. So I told Cole, Amanda's coach, I said, we need to go up by one kilo. Uh, so that was the, uh -huh. so that we could stay, uh, stay ahead. So that was the reason that we opened at 226 with Amanda. She crushed that, as you've seen. The 238 and a half looked comfortable. We knew that, you know, 250 wasn't there, nor did we need it. Um, I think the reason, frankly, that Amanda missed the 246, it wasn't so much a strength thing as it was – she just got a little bit overamped, um, and she kind of changed her routine, her process, if you will, and got a little bit too excited and loosened in the bottom. So, you know, her kind of walk up, if you will, to that attempt looked nothing like the previous two. And so, anyhow, she went out and missed that one, and then, um, you know, the bench was a little bit off. Uh, I mean, albeit still hit huge PRs. I mean, you're talking about a girl who – Played second to Daniela Mello, but still put 38.5 kilos on her total. Yeah, no, she showed up. Yeah. She showed yeah. up. And, <laughs> she showed and, up. And, and again, and, also hit a couple and, unofficial world records. Yeah. Yeah, and she hit an American record in the deadlift as yeah. well. So, I mean, Amanda still had a stellar day. Uh, it's just that, you know, Daniela executed, you know, essentially made eight instead of seven. So those two misses for Amanda were key. And, and, and Danielle was able to pull it together and, and, and win by, you know, by 10 kilos, yeah. 10.5 kilos. It was yeah. a great battle. I mean, when you yeah. look at it, Amanda, um, you know, out-squatted Daniela, out-deaded Daniela, but yeah. um, just could not 
close the gap on the bench. I mean, it's she's right there. She's a phenomenal lifter. Um, yep. Like you said, had she secured a couple shots here and there. And um, it's always scary when you're watching lifters, and I see it at the Worlds all the time too. When, when you have a routine and you do it every single time, and when you see them come out for a lift, and they, they shake it up a little because they're going they're going uncharted territory. Look, nobody, Amanda Lawrence squatted more than anybody ever had in history in that weight class. And then she went even further beyond that. So I don't blame her for and being a little further and, beyond that again. And then further beyond that. Yeah. So and I don't so I don't blame her, but when you see someone come up and the routine's slightly different, you're like, oh, hopefully. Yep. Yep. You know, it's it's not a good sign. Oh no, I've been there and I you know, we've, all been we've all been there and it's one of those things you think you even realize usually when you're doing it. You're like, ah, at, that point, you, at that point, you're so far into it that you just kind of go with it. You gotta go. You, you hope for the best, but you're kind of more along yeah. for the ride as opposed to driving at that yeah. point. But um, yeah, it was a beautiful battle and we had said it was going to be a good battle. It was. Both girls gave uh, plenty of people a lot, a lot to walk away from and showed a preview of these guys are going toe to toe. Less, less than 10 kilos separates them right now. Yep, for sure. And, yeah, and, I mean, that was... It was it was a phenomenal weight class, and if you add up Amanda's misses, she's essentially right there, and we're playing the game on the last deadlift. So, but I mean, credit to Daniela, she executed very well, and and uh, you know gets to go back to worlds, so it's exciting. Now, uh, Bonica Brown, um, like we'd suspected, yeah. um, I'd said I thought Sarah Brenner might come up up there. She did. She came in second, but it's it's just too far a gap. I mean, Bonica's, you know, nobody's going to stop Bonica. Yeah, it's a seven. It's a basically a seventy kilo gap there between first and second. So it's just and, and yeah. nobody in the world. The only nobody in the world. Say, the only stuff person stopping Bonica is Bonica. Yeah, it's That's, just her chasing it's history. She decides to call it. Her trying to beat her. Like she, she was. Um, they were talking about her maybe hitting uh, a six hundred pound squat. Uh, she didn't attempt that this time. She actually missed two seventy. But it's it's got to be tough when there's nobody pushing you. Like we said, look at even even if Daniela Mella wins and she did. She needs somebody in her weight class, A, for people to care about the weight class to pay attention, and that's what sports is. Otherwise, you're just watching a guy shoot layups as opposed to actually playing a basketball yeah. game. And then, um, and B, oh. to push her. And Bonica right now, if she's not pushed, gets tough, doesn't it? It gets tough. I mean, some days, yeah, yeah I got it, got it, some days you don't. Uh, yeah, also of note, her uh, body weight is down a few kilos as well, so I think that might have contributed to the fact that she didn't squat as much as she normally does. I mean, she's still, you know, squatting a house, but uh, yeah, yeah, she's down yeah. she's down about four to five kilos in body weight, so uh, a little bit trimmer version of herself and still, you know, put up a fantastic total, so. Um, looking at, just taking a look at day one, uh, we'll run through the men here. The gentlemen will start off with the smaller fellas. I'm just scrolling. Let's see here. So Cole, Matt, yeah, that was, if that I'm was mistaken. That was, a, that was a fun class. I mean, I think we all picked him to win, but Joseph Slifter, Andres Ramos, went nine for nine and pushed Cole to the brink. Cole had to make his last pull for the win, and he did. Uh, and, and Andres was lighter, so Cole had to pull 247.5 and, and beat him by 2.5 kilos. Yeah. So that was a really exciting finish, actually. I think, you know, Cole was the favorite, uh, but he had to make the last pull to win. And so here, that, was, that was an exciting class. And here's how it is, like, uh, because Ramos did not miss, Cole missed the bench, and we had said sometimes you could be a favorite, but all it takes is you miss a lift, and now you've got That's a right. smaller lift going forward. And now the other guy just has to go nine for nine, and you're in an uncomfortable position. 
Yeah, um, yeah that was a, it was a it was a good battle. Uh, Cole wins. Young guy. I'm sure he's gonna do well. Six six kilo. Um, no major surprises there. Reigning IPF world champion and a world champion is always gonna be hard to unseat. Charles Okpoko uh, walked away with a six eighty total. A good 30 kilo over the next, um, you know, two gentlemen who had both finished off a 650. And, um, Which is pretty frightening to think that we're approaching a 700 kilo total. At that it. is absolutely 660 class, a 660 kilo class. And it wouldn't be that crazy to picture a 700 kilo total some point in the no. future. Oh, for sure. That's, that's on the way. Charles is... Total was down a little bit from Worlds, but still won very, very comfortably. As you said, uh, a significant gap between first and second. Matthew Aramoni, who was a 59 and moved up, I believe he's coached by Sean Noriega. He moved up and only competed as a junior, so he'd have been in the mix there for that second slot. He totaled 652 and a half. Oh. So Matthew had a very good day. Um, seems to be filling out that weight class very nicely. Still weighed in a kilo light. And, uh, yeah, took a shot at a 302.5 deadlift at the end there and missed it. But he totaled 652.5 Yeah, as, I think, as a junior. I think Matt struggled to make 59 kilo. And at the Worlds, they were like, that's it. I think I think, yeah, it, I think it's Joey Flex and Sean Noriega who coaching him. Uh, yep, yep. I think Sean might have a hand in there. Uh, so the 74 kilo, no surprises. Um, Taylor Atwood is just so head and shoulders above. I mean, with all due respect, Lee Hu, strong. Um, you know, all these fellas are strong, but well, Lee, Taylor... I was going to say, Lee Hugh, if you looked at the Wilkes standing, I think he was in the top four, wasn't he? On the Is it? I think so. Like, he had I mean, a phenomenal what? day. Yeah, oh, he's 748 he's kilo over, total. You're over 10 times body weight. Yeah. And you're still miles below. Miles below. You're not even <laughs> close. People would assume you was, must have been a neck-and-neck neck battle, yeah. eh? Not really. Not really. Uh, uh, Taylor, I would 775.5 kilo total. Yeah, it's just un it's unfathomable. I mean, it's just the fact that he could go up and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the 83s. He could. And, and, yeah. Yeah. and he looked like he had a lot left in the tank. Still. Like he, his, he, his third, third deadlift flew. He went 9 for 9. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, t so Taylor would have taken third in the 83s, weighing under 74 oh, yeah. kilos. And so, that's a which, huge, that's almost a 10 Which is pretty funny because I heard 9 for 9 media posted all their – breakdowns of their uh, of the different weight classes and they mentioned Taylor Atwood in the 83 by accident no they mentioned that if he ever moved up they would oh. know what he would do and everyone was making fun of them saying he would have no chance and we're already talking about he would have taken third I mean I don't think he should he doesn't clearly doesn't, he clearly doesn't need to talking about dynasty um, that's about as clear yeah. cut you got yourself a dynasty is gonna come um, yeah. so let's take a look at uh, the 83 men now Initially, it looked like, holy smokes, we're going to have ourselves a bit of a battle here. And I'll tell people why. Okay, so even though Russell started off like the squats, um, obviously a sizable lead, and everybody kind of knew that was going to happen, he, we thought whoever's going to win, you really, we, him, him and Sean were so close, Sean's got a bigger bench and possibly a bigger deadlift, at least what we had been seeing from Russell. So when Russell missed his third squat, and Sean hit all three and hit a 640 squat, I was thinking, oh my God, even Kelly Brayton message posted a comment saying, as soon as he saw that, that's it. He missed his third squat. Because everyone who heard the breakdown and everything was saying, look, he, you know, he probably, every, you can't miss, we're assuming. But right. um, sure enough, 
you know, I, I guess the wheel somewhat fell off for Sean after that, he was saying, and ended up, um, you know, missing a bench, missing dead, only getting one dead in there, and then Russell just did not miss. He was on fire. Yeah, Russell um, oddly missed that third squat, which was just a mystery to all of us uh, because the second one looked so smooth. And they took a, you know, Joey took him up a conservative seven kilo jump to 308, and he mysteriously missed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did still manage to tie his PB in the bench, and then he pulled, you know, then it went three for three in the pull, um, you know, to finish out with an 801 total. Uh, so still, still a, a PB total for Russ uh, and, a, and a small PB in the squat and tie his PB in the in the bench. Uh, Sean, as you said, was hanging toe to toe there, and then I yeah. think. Uh, uh, his his third bench. I, I talked to Sean later, and I think he he overdid the sodium a, a little bit and was actually um, pretty swollen. And that that third bench mysteriously just kind of came down and almost fell out of his hands, um, where it kind of just he lost control of it there, kind of at the chest. And I think that was um, a harbinger of things to come because he wasn't able to keep it together in the deadlift. Unfortunately, I think on his second one, he basically lost his balance. And then at that point, you know, was forced to go up on the third. And, um, you know, we'll still be able to pull out second place overall in, a, in, a, in an exciting class. But, you know, it was, it was uh, you know, Russell just proved to be able to hold it together a little bit longer. Yeah, a couple things. Like, in terms of Russell, what, here's what I liked in my takeaway from the 83s. And this is a pretty big battle here that we saw coming. But Russell, his deadlift returned when he needed it. At the IPF Worlds, and Arnold's deadlift really let him down. You know, and yep. we thought, I have been saying, this guy is going to be in the 800 plus. You know, and for a while, I think we all expected it. I expected it at the Worlds. And it was the dead, his, his squat, obviously, hitting world records was there. The bench had improved, but the deadlift kept letting him down. And um, when the dead was, he needed it. The dead was in, I think he has more in the tank, went three for three in the deadlifts. And finally breaks into the 800. I say finally, he's only a third no. guy to ever do it. And I think... Based off of an 801, you know, he doesn't need to put too many kilos on there. Brent has a bad day. He could take it. Oh, it's going to make it an interesting fight. When, yeah. He needed to. roll around now. It's You cannot be in the 800 kilo or below 800 kilo impressed. No, it's going to be another situation where you pretty much have to go nine for nine. Yeah. And that's what you need. Yeah. That's all you need. Make it so the guy you're going against has to go nine, nine for nine. And let's face it. When Worlds come around, assuming he's healthy, he's probably going to hit that 308 or more on squad. You gotta think that 801 could very easily yeah. have like he could be 820 by then. Probably. It's almost a year away. Yeah. He's a young guy. He looked like he had more left in the dead. He looked like he, he, he looked like he could have pulled into 700 if he needed to. Could have been like an 805 total if he had yeah. to, but he doesn't have to, and you don't risk when you have it all. Um, so very excited to see what Russell's gonna bring. I, this is obviously the best Russell we've seen, and this is Russell living up to his full potential. Okay, this is not Russell when Taylor Atten was out totaling him over yeah. class below. We knew something was wrong, and he lived up to the hype. And for third place, Muscleman Marcus had a great day as well. Which, yeah. But was, he ended up having to wave. He lost his second squad in the hole. And then I, so here's a couple of things. Third. Here's a couple of things, gentlemen, and I want to get your take on this. Okay, Matt, you probably, you were there, and we all talked yep. about how tight this race would be. Um, no knock in these 83s. Phenomenal lifters. But... Muscle Man Marcus hit his opener, and that was the only squat he hit. And I would have thought, if you told me Muscle Man Marcus only hit an opener squat and he still podium afterward, I would have thought, how, how could that be? A couple things shocked me. 
Um, you know, I thought Rob Ali would have been batting higher up there, up the rankings. I was shocked. Uh, Deadlift Panda, my boy, I'm a huge Deadlift Panda fan, but yep. I, 735 kilo total, there were people rumbling that he was going to be close to eight. Um, you know, pull, like the deadlift, I don't know if the, the deadlift he hit last year was an aberration, and maybe that's the best we're going to see, and no one was going to, you know, or or just an off, he, he's been a little off lately, but, you know, a couple of these fellas I thought was going to be a little a little higher up the rankings. I thought it was going to be a little tighter. Were, were you guys a little surprised by a couple of things there as well? Yeah, actually, so I spoke to Rob, Rob Ali um, a little bit at the meet, and I know that uh, his squat didn't show up as, as big as he had thought. He was hoping to kind of, go a little bit closer toe-to-toe with Russ, um, you know, not not in that 308 range, but certainly, you know, maybe in the 295-ish range. Yeah. So Rob was a little bit disappointed in, in that. I mean, he, he still went eight for nine, put up a 740-kilo total, which was good, uh, but he was a little bit disappointed there. And, yeah, I don't know really what happened with uh, with Yangsu Ren. Like you said, uh, his deadlift didn't show up uh, nearly as well as last year. And so um, – uh, yeah, and I'm not sure what happened with Marcus either, to be quite honest with you. Uh, like you said, only taking one squat, essentially, or making one squat and still placing third is remarkable. Yeah, so, like, he I wouldn't have thought. I remember he smoked his opener, too, and his second one, the wall, like, his unwrack looked super comfortable. He went into the hole, and that was it. Like, he just... Like, weird... It so was like he got injured, but... Going into the 83s, I would not have seen a shake-up like this. Russell or he totally lived up. But I would have thought Rob Ali was, even Russell was like, man, I'm worried about Rob Ali. And like, not, not these guys had a bad day, but bad day for them maybe. But um, I, would, I thought Rob Ali was going to be neck and neck with Russell in a couple lifts. I thought Russell would win, but um, I thought he's way up there. And like, I wouldn't have thought a 60 kilo, 61 kilo gap between them. Russell was worried about him as well. I thought Ren would have been right there as well and be pulling for something, you know, possible pulling for podium when he's obviously way far off and didn't, uh, like, the dead wasn't there like we're used to seeing. Like, he, a 325 dead is nice, but far below what we, like, he was doubling 700. <laughs> yes. You know, but it's not, here's the thing that we'd said. Sometimes you get so excited with certain lifts. You do things in the gym. It doesn't translate. You're using, you're breaking out the calculator saying a 700 double means... A 780 single. No, it doesn't, though. Yeah, and particularly not in the deadlift. No, it doesn't, though. It doesn't, though. Yeah, the, the deadlift, it doesn't add up at all. So. No, I mean, I, I just, um, a few things shocked me there, and I'm hoping this doesn't mean, you know, wow, maybe we saw the, mo- the, the heaviest pull we're going to see out of him, the heaviest squat, but you never know how things shake up, but I was a little surprised by a couple of those. I would say results. definitely not squat anyways, because he looked like he had more in the tank for squats. Yeah, he, he usually does. He usually does. He it looks looked like, like he was conservative on squats and bench. For the day. Dead. And that's, yeah. just, that's, that's usually. And it just never showed up. Which is what shocked the sugar out of me. It's, I, I thought, oh, he's holding back to break out a monster for us. Yeah. And then it was quite a bit less. <laughs> it was like 20 kilo less, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah, and if you look at places four through nine in the 83s, only 10 kilos separated four through ninth. So any of those, I mean, this is going to be a stacked class for years to come, presumably. Um, you know, clearly you've got the front runners with, with Russ and Sean and maybe even Marcus kind of closing the gap. But you've got the you've got four through nine there that were all within 10 kilos of one another. And there's a significant amount of red 
up on that score sheet. So if they make more lifts, uh, you know, they might be bringing a much better package next year. Um, now, I just pulled up the 93 kilo men. Am I mistaken? Yeah. Am I eyeballs playing tricks on me? It shows Ashton Rusko with the highest total? Yeah, that's not right. Yeah, that's a misprint. Yeah, so like, a, yeah. yeah David Wilson won. He's got Dave Wilson as a uh, red on his third. Deck. Yeah, he hit his. I was going to say, did something his, get overturned that no, I did no. not? Like, yeah, I, no, that's, I, was, that's, I was thinking the same thing as I looked at that. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, the lifting, the lifting cast is incorrect. Um, I was one of the first people to walk up to David and, and eat some crow <laughs> and, and congratulate him and tell him how proud I was of him. Uh, he was very reckless and very cavalier last year, as we all know, and bombed in the deadlift. But he brought the entire complete package, attempt selection, execution, a great attitude, everything this year, nine for nine, put it on the bar at the end. Uh, I talked to him afterwards and asked him, I said, so just between you, me, and a fly on the wall, what what were you willing to to put on the bar if you'd have needed it. And he said that he thought probably somewhere around 360, maybe 362 and a half. Whoa. Yeah, he just said that once he gets to that 360 range, it's not a strength thing. It's just, he's like, man, it's like 40, 60 on the balance. Yeah. You know? yeah. He just gets, starts to get really nervous about standing at the top there with all that weight in his hands. Uh, but yeah, he hit, hit that American record 355 and a half comfortably. And it was nice to see a guy just kind of come back from that bomb out last year and just execute flawlessly and, and pull for the win. So I'm really happy for him. That was a really fun class to watch. Yeah, David Wilson, who the online guys have given him the nickname Spider because the way yeah. he so wide based. He, he looks is. like a spider. Yeah. When he squats, when he deads. And we talked about that, how, I mean, you're long-legged like that, you don't have a choice. When you sumo and you're super wide, it becomes that 50-50 or 40-60, depending on how heavy you get, proposition yeah. at the top, which only makes it more exciting. Because um, it makes it, you have that home run hit if you need it, and everyone's like, oh my God, you better watch out for Wilson because it's deadlift. But on the flip side, just like Babe Ruth, he led the league in home runs, led the league in strikeouts. Because the same guy who can hit it out with that big dead can also teeter off at the very dead, even though he gets it all the yeah. way up. So Wilson's going to be a very um, entertaining champion to have around, and he's going to be threatened. I mean, Ashton Ruska, he had a rough day in terms of, like, calls on squat. They were close. It wasn't by yeah. strength. It wasn't it wasn't strong. It's going to be, like, it's sports. The strike zone changes in sports right on the line for depth. You give Ashton, I mean, he just got his opener squat. You give him the second squat, let alone the oh, third squat. For sure. And he gets four squats, it should be said. Yeah, it's a different ball game if, if, if he doesn't uh, miss those squats on depth, for sure. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's... And Ellis as well misses two squats, so... Yeah, and Ellis also. So, did you have a chance to talk to Ellis? What was... Did, was he a little off there that day? Because he only got his opener squat as well, and he looked a little off. Yeah. Yeah, I thought his opener looked fantastic. I think with, with and just did some dis I didn't get to talk to him after the meet, but this is dating back to maybe a year, year and a half. I think LS to be complimentary, but also to kind of mention what he's been dealing with. He's actually been squatting a little bit too deep, and so I think sometimes he actually goes too low. Yeah. Uh, and and I think he's 
maybe has to kind of find that that sweet spot for himself in terms of you know the point of diminishing returns there uh you don't you know you don't need to put your ass on your ankles so yeah. to speak um but uh you know uh he finished strong and um you know went six for six after those misses in the squat but as paul said i mean he makes those squats and we're talking about a completely different ball game as well which um makes it really exciting he's capable of an 840 oh. total but only yeah. gave oh, 822 and a half like he's he can he's still right in there Oh yeah, any of these guys, like, and even like I said, I mean, you know, Superman Dave Ricks. I mean, he he didn't have the day that he wanted, uh, and a lot of these lifters, you know, Charlie Dixon just maturing, just you know, his kind of coming out party at ninety three, and some of these other guys. I mean, give them some time, and that that ninety three, where's Vicky's world record total? I'm telling you, that thing is going down, and it's going down soon. Yeah, um, I would say it's going eight, down by worlds, but yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Because any of these guys. I mean, if they put together their best package and go nine for nine, that that total is going down. So yeah, and it's good to mention. I like. I, thank you for bringing up Charlie. Uh, yep. He was 83 kilo in June. Just went into the open. Usually you get roughed up when you first go in the open, and just moved up the weight class. Already top five. Yeah. In a stacked division. Yeah. He was already. He was sitting in podium position up until pulls. Like, yeah. Like he's he's a uh, he's, uh, he's and he, definitely something. And he, was, and he was still the lightest. He was still the lightest of all those guys. I mean, he was ninety point nine kilos. So he was he was the lightest. Obviously, probably the leanest as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and place and place fifth, lifting in the morning. So yeah. he's, he's not chubby. He's gonna be terrifying to watch when he's doing the water yeah. put down to that weight class. And he will. And he he'll, will. He'll, he'll get big. <laughs> he's a young guy by next week. Yeah, by next week, exactly. He'll be a 105 yeah. by next by next year. Um, looking at the 105s, Eli Burks nine for nine day, uh, a big 870 total. Um, and he just, I mean, he pulled what he had to to win it. Um, looked right. like, like his pulls always look tough no matter what. He probably had some more kilos in him if need be. He's that type of dude. But uh, a nine for nine day, I had Blevins. Um, but, uh, it, it, you know, I mean, they tied on body weight. But I have yep. a feeling, if I'm honest, Burks probably would have put on whatever he needed to. And, and he could have kept going. And then uh, Mikey D, you know, because Ben Rice actually had a rough walk through with just his openers and Mike yep. D slips onto the podium with an 850 to finish and that's the way she goes that's why nominations you got to throw them out the window come the day of yeah I mean Ben uh, you know I know you had him, him and Garrett on your podcast and uh, the two of them you know were going back and forth uh, you know kind of poking at each other Ben's meat kind of unraveled for him there in the squad I don't, I don't know what happened uh, you know the look on his face when he missed that second one. He was he was as shocked as everybody else in the room. Yeah, because he came in the top form, and I think we all expected him to be within striking distance of an unofficial world record. But missing two squats, I mean that that cost him mightily, and I think that kind of sapped his back a little bit. There's uh, also a reason why he couldn't you know get that last pull. But um, but yeah, I mean Eli, you know. Nine for nine. Uh, he's got good coaches behind him, and Ben Escrow and and uh, Jason Tremblay, just uh, very calculated with the attempts, and and he always executes at such a high level. And and when you have a guy who's going to have the final say like that, he's tough to beat. Um, it'll be interesting when he gets the worlds, because uh, obviously the defending world champion Eric Wills, uh, or no, sorry, that's one twenty. Uh, defending yeah. world champion uh, one hundred five isn't going to be there. That's your boy Lewis. 
But your boy Rondell is coming on strong. Well, Rondell is, uh, yeah. Gracious. He looks like he's the future because he won the Worlds, but he actually outlifted everybody in the Open. Uh, That's right. So we'll see. But Eli can always pull for the win. It looks like he's got a little more gas in the tank. And he's obviously won the World Championship previously, so he's been in this position before. Um, Just taking a look at the 120s. Uh, Matt Solomon, now here's what I like about Matt winning. <laughs> Can I just say something we, here, fellas? We all ate crow. All right, we yeah, all ate crow all first of us, off. All of us, yeah. We I all mean, ate crow on this one first off. To, to, uh, to, think that, to think that you can win the 120s with a 160 bench is my blowing. Can I say just how strong? Can I say what I love about this? I've hit 160 before in bench in competition, and yep. now I could tell people. I bench as much as the American heavyweight champion. He's not a super heavyweight. I consider 120s a heavyweight, okay? I can tell people the current reigning American heavyweight champion, I benched with that guy before. I could go toe-to-toe with him right now. Like, that's pretty cool to say. Uh, of course, I wouldn't even want to talk about totals matching up. Yeah, but just a, a squat deadlift maybe out there. Yeah, yeah, a little bit out of reach. But yeah, I mean, look at a 9.10, if I'm not mistaken, the Worlds was one with a 900 kilo by Eric Willis of Canada? Yeah, Eric, yeah, Eric totaled 900, so, so in just theory, that, that would have won. Giving you a little preview there with no Dennis Cornelius, Matt Sommer, it could be a world champion benching, you know, 160 kilo. Yeah, his squat, obviously, and deadlift are just prodigious. I mean, they're tremendous. I actually talked to Dennis on the phone last night, and he kind of jokingly said, he's like, man, I got I to gotta get my ass in there at 120 because he's getting close to my lifts in, yeah. terms of the, in terms of the squat. He's like, I got to kick that squat up to about 400 kilos. So. Yeah. I remember the very first time I ever seen Matt Sommer, okay? 20, yeah. 2012, before the IPF went raw, I used to lift in a different fed, and um, it was an, it was a world for that Fed, and Matt Sumner was there. And at the time, like Matt's a young man, I, is he still a junior? He might, uh, uh, it's hard to tell. He's around there. Yeah, when you're 120 kilos, you don't say, look like a yeah, child, he looks like a monster. He's a monster, anyways. But he's he's young. Put this way, he's young. At the time, he was a teenager, and I remember everybody at the competition was like. Have you seen Matt Somner? He was like, I'm, I swear to God, he was like 17, 2012. He was super young. And um, like he, was, he was squatting just ridiculous amounts of weights. And everybody's like, this guy's a guy to watch. So if he ends up coming full circle, becoming an IPF world champion, and certainly I think he might be amongst these, the champions you guys are putting forth. I mean, 900 kilo did it. There's no Dennis Cornelius. It's going to yep. be a battle yep. anyways. He's right up in there. And Anthony Harris, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Anthony Harris, all right, We most of us picked Anthony because he's the heart, uh, you know, the heartfelt, yeah, you know, the older guy in his 50s. It's, it's like going against Rocky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's in his 50s, still took a silver medal at the uh, U.S. Nationals. I mean, we're, we're talking about how thick is the, is the Nationals at the U.S. In the U.S. at the national level, it is almost world level. 900 kilo won the world championship, and Anthony Harris puts up 895. That's five kilo off what won the worlds. The guy's in his 50s. That cannot be overstated. A phenomenal performance. Yeah, Tony's an absolute legend, um, you know, and he's, he's in our armed forces, and so I know that he wasn't able to, to train as diligently as he probably would have liked, uh, but nevertheless still, you know, came out and hit an eight for nine day and was right in the thick of things, you know, and, and pushed pushed the younger Somer, you know, to the brink there almost. So, 
And um, no surprise here. I know we're getting close to having to let you go there. Gary, we're at the last, the very last uh, weight class here. Ray Williams. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise, Ray Williams won. Yeah, surprise is the best power <laughs> in the world. Yeah. But in the showdown for silver, we had our Grizzly veteran, Jason Mike, who's an M1 yep. master lifter. And then we had Joseph uh, Pina, who's a junior. And we said they were going to go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. We said it was going to be close. We did not lie. Both of them ending with 917.5. And Jason Mike, the old dog, who, uh, who we're all cheering for because we're old dogs. Uh, we just <laughs> no, no offense, Pina, but we relate to him. Take silver. But, um, I mean, Jason, like, hell of a story there. We're actually going to book him for a podcast because um, his, his son, I believe, is facing taking chemo treatments. And, and um, yeah. I mean, it's he had, radiation. yeah, just a phenomenal day put forth, like, the motivation he had. I mean, he's doing a GoFundMe. I believe he's raising money for his son. Um, I don't know. I'll get him on there. I, I got to get the story off him because, obviously, the weekend was too much information to swallow. Yeah. So I want to talk to him about that if he is raising funds at all. I want everybody to find out how you know, and help him out because he deserves it. But, um, I mean, as of now, this, this master one who, who was chasing that world record bench for years and got at the Worlds, right now I can say in America there's only one man who out-totaled me at the Nationals, and that's Ray Williams. No right, yeah. other man alive could out-total him. I mean, just Jason Mike's also a good takeaway story from these Worlds, or sort of these Nationals, and we got to get him on here. Yeah, he was really excited. He was in the warm-up room, and we when we walked down there with Ray, he was kind of jumping around like a little kid. He's like, I placed second to Ray Williams. It was really funny. He was wanting to get pictures and stuff, and, yeah, it was it was exciting to see him uh, win on body weight there, you know, in terms of second place. So that was exciting. And Josephina, uh, obviously phenomenal squatter. Uh, yep. young guy I mean he's he's on the up and up on the upswing 917.5 at his age uh, phenomenal total he's a guy to watch in the future Ray uh, misses opener took a second opted not yep. to go for a third probably a good call we had talked earlier you said hey look we don't know how Ray's going to end up coming with this package we just want so, to win so yeah so kind of a quick story about that so um, I think I mentioned on the preview podcast, Ray is a college football coach, and he had an away game Saturday afternoon. And so he just wasn't able to get a flight out into Spokane, which is kind of difficult to get to, uh, especially from Mississippi. And so he was scheduled to arrive at 1230 on Sunday. And I, and I was like, you know, you need to keep me posted and text me and so forth. I'm coaching lifters during the day, but let me know what's going on. He texts me at about 1230, says, I'm stuck in Denver. Oh, <laughs> With ice on the wings, Man. He said, I'm, I'm expected to get there in another two hours. I said, well, you better be there by 4 o'clock because that's when the weigh-ins were. He set foot in the building at 3.15 p.m. Woo. And so so you, you're talking about – It's a big you know, foot, too. It's going to say two, the king two, likes yeah, to build up the suspense. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you're talking about a guy who had a football game that he had to coach at the day before, took two flights, got there late um, – Hey, listen, you thought Jason Mike was excited before. Imagine yeah. how excited Jason Mike would be if he didn't make his flight. His flight. <laughs> exactly. Jason Mike so. is like, please, God, more ice on those wings. Woo! Yeah. He, was, he was happy. Yeah. yeah. When his so foot hit the building, Jason Mike's like, oh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, but Ray was in good spirits. 
and uh, for having, you know, just gotten off a plane, I guess he was feeling about as good as he could. And uh, his warm-ups look great, uh, but once he got up on that platform, that Titex bar, at least the new one, man, is all kinds of whippy. And um, he lost his balance on his first one, obviously came back and got it on his second, and I immediately pretty much said, man, we're shutting you down, uh, because he was stuck in a really short flight also. There were only eight, eight lifters. Mm. And so those were very fast flights. And I said, man, you've got nothing to prove. You just got off a plane. That's all we needed was the one squat. It's all about securing the W and the national team slot. And let's just go downstairs and rest and, and then hopefully try to pull something big. And, um, you know, we put on a big deadlift at the end there, but it just wasn't meant to be. And, again, I think that just had to do with the travel and the short flight. But still, you know, mission accomplished. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's exactly it. All you, basically, at the U.S. level, you just want the win, and you're going to push when pushed. Um, you know, when push comes to shove, Ray's going to – he can have a big day if he needs it. At the Worlds, obviously, we're not going to have any football games scheduled day of. You know, you're, fly, you're flying out to Sweden. You know, um, I mean, I'll be That's honest right. with you. Seems like Kelly Brand's probably his number one challenge. I'd be okay with that. But, yep. uh, but. Oh, Kelly's, Kelly's even doing Worlds this year. Right, really? He's not doing Provincials. Oh, wow. I didn't even check I, the lifter list. I believe he has taken a year off to uh, let his back heal. Oh, Interesting. Don't, don't quote me on that, but. Whoa. And I and I think and I think Jezza just competed this past weekend. Jezza did, yeah. In Virginia, I haven't seen any of the results on that, but uh, he's actually. I need to get my hands on that. So I think so he and Liz Craven Jezza, right? came up to Virginia, which is about an hour from where we live here in Maryland, uh, and competed at I believe like an AAU Worlds meet or something. Not an AAU, maybe it was a hundred percent raw or something. I think someone said but, that. Yeah, some federation that Wilkes has got his hands into or something. Yeah. I, I was following it very loosely, but I believe the two of them came up here and competed this past weekend at the same time that Raw Nationals was going on, and I have no idea what the results were. I hope Jessica comes back to the IPF at some point. Oh, for sure. We all we all want to see him back. Absolutely. I mean, without Jezza, and if Ray's yeah. gone, this is – or sorry, if Kelly's gone, Ray's got like – I mean, he hits his openers and, and – It's a playground for him, basically. It's a playground, yeah. It's and you need yeah, you need something. Yeah. Year after year, you win. You need something to push you. Otherwise, like he's hit the big benchmarks. You know, it's it's not the, it's hard to get that anxiety to push in training. Anxiety on the day of when you're like, oh my god, we need this, buddy. Let's go. Like that that conversation never has to happen with Ray. It's like, well, what do you feel like, bro? You can hit the third, or we can just go on the bench. How do you feel? Like, that's not going to elicit, you know, no, some you, major... Yeah, you don't really want to see a guy who go three for nine and... <laughs> yeah, he goes three for nine and wins the world. Wins handedly. It's yeah, exactly. Unless, unless Luke Richardson goes up, but even then... Right. Yeah, I mean, to, to Ray's credit, he's extraordinarily self-motivated. Uh, he does have his, his eyes set on bigger weights, and, uh, you know, he's largely in an Ed Cohen situation where he's just, you know, um, he's always in the front. And so um, he – but to his credit, like I said, he does stay very self-motivated. So I, I know that, that even if he did come to world championships and didn't have much competition, I, I believe in him and that he would dig deep and, and pull out, you know, or at least try to pull out his best performance. What, what do you yeah. – uh, now, now um, before we let you go, I know you got to leave here. If you got one more – are you okay? You can do one more question? Yeah, yeah okay. for sure. We, we can go a little bit longer. Okay. Paul just mentioned, and this is actually uh, good to bring up, 
L Luke Richardson, the young yep. man from Great Britain, also lifted over the weekend, uh, became okay. the youngest man ever to total 1,000 kilo. And yeah, he looked like he had more to spare, but he did not want to risk the 1,000 kilo mark. He wanted to be the youngest man ever to total 1,000 kilo. It's historic. It's got people excited. The guy is a kid, and he's moving some major big boy weights right now. He's got more than 1,000 kilo, and in a couple years on his progress, we're talking neck and neck. He's, and the thing is what's so nice, he's built differently. Ray offers a different look than Ray. And um, and he moves weight in that deadlift. It's almost like Ray can come in front end, and then he could try to catch up at the end. With viewing, but makes it it makes it fun to watch viewing when it's a seesaw battle and change in momentum. Now I'm hoping this young man can keep this progress, and we can see a battle coming. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Huh? Same thing. I want to see the battle between them. I mean. He's you still only 21, 22. You he's young. He's a kid. He's, he's 21. He's still a kid. He's, got, he's still two more years in the yeah. junior. Like, if you think about this, it's almost a rivalry that's bound to happen. I won't be surprised if you see him totaling close to what Ray totaled at Raw Nats by the time Worlds rolls around because he had more on the tank on this day. He, I mean, but look, when and we're talking... he's adding weight at just an alarming pace as well. When we're talking 100 kilo, that's huge to add on to your total if you're an 83. That is... Much, much less percentage-wise when you're a thousand kilo total already. Uh, yes. what, what do you What do you think, Matt? When do you think Luke will be ready to push Ray? And are you excited about this kid? Well, yeah. I mean, he's just a phenomenal talent. Um, I, it was fun watching him at Worlds um, last year, obviously in Calgary, and he's just reminiscent of a Bill Kazmaier-ish physique. Um, yeah. You know, and I know uh, you had him on your podcast, I think, and or, or maybe I heard him on another one. He was one, here. He was here. Yeah. 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 He trains with some strong men, and um, so that's kind of interesting. And and so, you know, how long will he continue to train as a powerlifter? Because I think he does. If I'm not mistaken, doesn't he have his sights set on doing some strong men? He said when he's on the show. I just yeah. one or two years and then I'm going strong, man. But I was trying to uh, coax yeah. him to stay. I'm like, please, man. It's like, I'm trying to reason with him. Look, at, I think, here's what I think. He's training with these strong men. He sees world's strongest man title. He sees guys like Half Thor, who's literally a celebrity, um, and sees what the world's strong man platform can give you. And it's hard not to see the appeal. On the flip sure. side, he's such a young guy. And when you leave, you're gone. You know, we all know what happens when you have to go full on commit world's strongest man. Um, so I was trying to tell him, and hopefully he gets close enough to Ray, that if he starts seeing, oh my God, if I beat Ray Williams before I leave, even if he can't, but if he starts thinking that way, maybe he's telling himself, wouldn't that be the ultimate swan song and best way to leave with a W over Ray Williams? Because honestly... Look, he can leave and go into World's Strongest Man, maybe comes World's Strongest Man, maybe he doesn't, but he's damned if he isn't getting close right now. Yeah, he's he's phenomenal. I mean, he's obviously, because he gives up so much body weight, um, he would be deficient in the squat. Yeah. But, uh, but I know that, I think he just pulled, was it 385 kilos at this meet? I thought it was Which four. Is? I thought it was four, was it not? He pulled four, yeah. So oh, he did pull four. I oh, wow. Think so, yeah. Yeah, so he's right there, obviously, with Ray in the deadlift. I mean, Ray's got the world record at 398 and a half. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, look, I'm sure Ray would 
with a with a smile and open arms say, "Bring it on!" Yeah, uh, you yeah. know what I mean. And we uh, need not, this. We need this as a sport. Like Ray needs it. We all need it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Is there anybody before we let you both go? I know uh, uh, Paul's got to hit training, and you got to go, my friend. Is there anybody you guys thinking? And we could always have you back when we get closer to the IPF Worlds to talk about what the national teams look like. Because there is shakeups. Shakeups always happen. Some people are ineligible. Um, you know, whatever. We could discuss all that at a later date. But anybody you guys thinking early locks for IPF World Champions that you're looking at? The type of performances you saw? No. Oh. I would say anybody in the 63 kilo. Uh, I'd say Sam. 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 Yep. Obviously, Ray. I would say, through. obviously, unless there's a massive injury, you're probably going to have Heather Connor. You're probably going to have Taylor Atwood. Probably yeah. have Charles. Charles. Sam. Although, Charles. Um, there's Glad Kick is. Glad Kick's solid. He missed some lifts. If yep. he doesn't miss them, it'll be good. I think, I think he's solid, but if Charles isn't 100% and Glad Kick is, uh, it's not a lock. Taylor is a. Is probably as close to lock. Heather, Sam isn't lock because I mean we just seen these three ladies were neck and yeah. neck. But I got a good feeling. But um, it'll be interesting to see if you field two sixty three kilos again. And if you do, well, I mean you got yourself another rival, Jen Thompson. They're one and one. We certainly right. came out yeah. the top of a rubber match and split it. And God knows anything yeah. can happen. Um, one one twenties. Matt Saunders looking very solid. Uh, 10 kilo more than what won the Worlds, but Eric Willis, he's he's hit 90 kilo, 900 kilo before, and they thought he would do more, but he did just as much to win. You don't gamble that yeah. for the Worlds. I think him and, and Max Sommer are probably neck and neck, and that'll be an absolute Canada-U.S. relations will be a little rocky, like the NAFTA <laughs> negotiation, my friends. Um, let's stay friends here, it's though. It's no longer NAFTA, though. That's, that's right. That's, that's, not, that's old school. It's not NAFTA. Yeah, it's now the, um, we're going to have to reword that. It's now the North American Trade Agreement or something like that, or Trade Alliance or whatever it was <laughs> what, what retitled. 105s? Um, yeah, it just depends on who shows up at 105. Rondell, I mean, obviously, like you I said, Rondell. Rondell was back in. Yeah. There's, there's too many players in 105 to possibly yeah. guess. Yeah, it, it, I don't think it's a Sherlock 105s. And then uh, 93 kilo, David Wilson. Uh, David's a solid, um, but it's going to really come down to those last deadlifts. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll be down to yeah who shows up in terms of some of the other countries as well at 93. So, yeah, I mean, no, obviously, you know, Ray's a lock, Bonica's a lock, you know, pretty much Heather Connor, Taylor Atwood, as you said. Th those are pretty much the locks. And then the other ones, I mean, but the U.S. team is looking to be extraordinarily strong once again. Uh, presumably, uh, as we discussed our process, um, we have to wait for all of the drug tests to come back, and then all of these open winners will receive invitations, and we'll have about a week or two to either accept or decline. And if for any reason they decline or do not respond, uh, we go to that Carpino score. Mm -hmm. And the Carpino scores. Obviously, we have to wait until the results become official before we can start to calculate those. So those probably will not get calculated for another month or so because we have to wait for the doping to come back. Nice. Okay. I, I will also say that LS is probably a lot to somehow get onto the team and somehow. <laughs> hey, you know what? Let's not forget, LS is a master. He will yeah, be on that team. That's true. And but somehow, God help any ninety-three kilo master. Who has to go against LS? You know, it, it doesn't matter. Somehow the man is making the open team and he's going to win Worlds. Yeah, that's true, too. You know, yeah, LS somehow. Well, what did LS end up? Was he third? He was third, yeah. 
He was third. Bruno. Yeah. I'll tell you what? He was he was fourth alternate when he won the world championships yeah. in 2017. So he's moved up a ranking already. He's moved up a ranking. His chances have increased already. He's on pace. He's on pace. He's outdoing himself. Listen, fellas, uh, thanks for coming on, both of you. Uh, Matt, we got to have you back again, possibly leading up to Arnold's, and then um, obviously leading up to Worlds, and maybe we'll do it in person, just like last time. Uh, we'll find a hotel room. I see what happened. I got cut out. That's right. Well, unless you're in Sweden, if you happen to be traveling, um, we'll do it again, my friend, and then maybe even somewhere in between when the American team gets put together. If there's any, yep. uh, you know, any strategizing, maybe we'll do a little preview show as well then. But, that would um, be great. Thank you very much for your time, sir. I know you're a busy man. Much appreciated. You're probably super duper tired from the crazy weekend. Rest up, my friend. Enjoy we'll some, talk again enjoy soon. Enjoy some rest. That's right. Talk All right, soon, guys. Take care. Thank Thanks again. And uh, my dear friend Paul, thank you for joining in. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to check who won. Uh, until then, we'll just assume it was me. But uh, uh, I'm going to check who won. <laughs> And then I'll post for everybody. I'm going to go back and look at the results, and it's going to be like some sort of weird Photoshop, wow. Photoshop where all the rest well, of the answers just changed. Wow, there's a Carpegian yeah, score. I had to follow the, you know, there's, there's, there's formulas. It's very difficult. I don't it have time to math. It's, 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 and it's a, you, know, I, you would not understand. I'll get to bed. That's right. Quite frankly, it's going to be over your head. Okay? Yes. Quite frankly, it's over you guys' heads. Just take my word for it. But I'll post it. I'll crunch the numbers, and we'll see who won this. And um, I know it's going to be tight because um, I think a lot of the people, there's a couple of people who I know you picked, I didn't, you won, but some people I picked and some of you guys yeah. didn't won. So for what I think of it, I'm like, shit, I think we're all neck and neck. It's, uh, it's going to be pretty tight. Yeah, we might. The only person who's not going to win is Joey Flex because he, <laughs> he refused to pick on a few. That's right. Because, well, for political reasons. It's political. Say it's political, romantic reasons. I'm not even talking about that one. That's right. He had two. So, um, yeah, so basically, so if nothing else, I beat Joey Flex. Yeah. Right? That ain't that bad. That's. Because uh, he does the scouting. But, um, yeah, it was a good, good U.S. Nationals, U.S. Again, heavy, heavy favorites to walk away with the IPF yeah, championship. It's... Seen some blowout wins. Seen some freaking tussles, um, and seen some previews. Look at Russell Orr, he very hyped up. He showed up, and he did what he had to do. I wanted to see him in the 800s, and now if you're in the 800s in October, by next June, is it is it reasonable to say he could be around 820 range? I, I think Absolutely. it's very reasonable, because I think it's one of those things where it's you're chasing a certain number, it gets in your head, Yeah, and, and that was really, a barrier. And we all know that once you hit that barrier, Shit just flies it up. Yeah, it, it, like, it's a big deal. Look, he's the third man to have hit 800 plus. There's him, Hack Gibbs. Yeah. I mean, that's a very that's, elite. That's a pretty elite. And, and, and to tell you how hard it is to get 800 plus, Brett, who hit 830.5, still doesn't hit 800 plus on a regular, like all the time. No, he missed he, it in 2017. He at the world. So, like, um, he's human. It, that's how hard it is. And the difference between 800 and 830, it's fractions. So if you're not 100%, it can happen to you. You know, now, obviously, like, uh, I mean, Brett's a phenomenal. I'm just saying it's a battle, and we needed this in order to entertain us that it's going to be a battle again. If it was under set 800, I would have to eventually, because you know I like to sell battles, but even I can't sell if you can't hit 800 three times yeah, in a row. Uh, It'd I be use, tough. I use Carl Salesman. It's not selling that one at uh, that point. Exactly. It'd be like, all right, I needed you to do this. He, he produced. And he produced in October, which leaves the door open for what's he going to hit next June. At his age, this guy's limit. But uh, anyways, everybody, thanks for tuning in. As always, Six Pack Lapidat, Paul Marizan lifts. 
Is there an underscore in there? There is an underscore between the Moranzan and the Lifts. There you go. But at this point, I get tagged in everything anyway, so. There you go. Yeah, I tag you in everything. Yeah. Please put this in your, your Instagram stories like you always do. We'll share it. Much appreciated. Give us high ratings. Tell your friends. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. Tell your and family. Tell your friends. Tell your family. And this weekend, we're going to belt off two episodes. Got to catch up. We had a little bit of layoff because over last weekend, I was filming. I was watching. And uh, well, quite frankly, everybody we'd interview almost was was competing either at Big Dogs. We didn't even talk about Big Dogs. We'll talk. There, there's about a lot more to talk about still. It's but man, we got we got the cram. There's five days of lifting, including Big Dogs and all this nationals. So we'll talk about Big Dogs next. Not episode. to mention it's getting late, and I got to get to the gym before it yeah. actually closes. So this young man. Okay. So thanks everybody for tuning in. Peace.